Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinaro on this Tuesday, February 6th, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Washington Capitals by a score of 5-2 to two on a couple of goals by Nick Suzuki and a couple of goals by Yuri Slavkowski and even a goal by Michael Pizzetta. So the first game after the All-Star break and the first game after the Montreal Canadiens trade Sean Monaghan. And if you're thinking, you know what, they just traded a very good player. This team is going to be down. They're going to be demoralized. They're going to be dejected. No, they were not. Much to the light of my buddy, Mario Charpentier, who says, Tony, il faut jouer pour gagner. The Canadians were jouer pour gagner tonight as they scored three goals in a span of just over 14 minutes and chased Charlie Lindgren from his goal. Kemper came in. It made no difference. They even gave Ovechkin a goal. It didn't matter. Max Pacioretty, unfortunately, was uh, stoned by Samuel Montambo, who once again came up big when he had to come up big. It is the Sick Podcast. I am Marinaro, and I'm going to be with you probably till about 11 o'clock. It is right now, two minutes past 10 o'clock Eastern. And the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you by... These guys, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground. Over 30,000 square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space. It's time to reacquaint yourself with Playground. World-class sushi, AAA steaks, live shows, a brand new poker floor, and so much more located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground, Playground experience, the strip. Without the trip, and of course, also brought to you in part by Accent Insurance Solutions, because you all know that insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you. Accent Insurance. Accent doesn't sell insurance. They shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money, whatever your insurance needs, home, automobile, or business. And uh, every time I see the phone number, I think of my buddy Sergio Momesso, war number 36, because of course, you can call the Accent team today. Their number to call is 514 514- 363-3636. He is a regular collaborator on Tuesdays. I haven't talked to him in a while, though, because it just it's worked out that way. And I'm happy to talk to him tonight. 
actually sent out a tweet a couple of days ago that actually made me laugh of uh, Kent Hughes taking a selfie with all of his draft <laughs> Former NHLer, former Montreal Canadian, Maxime Lapierre. Maxime, comment ça va? What's up, Tony? Ça va bien, et toi? Ça va bien. About time you gave me a chance to come back on the podcast, you know? Was I suspended again? No, you were not suspended. As a matter of fact, at one point you were supposed to join us, but uh, I think you were going out for filet mignon, uh, scampi, seafood. Uh, and so I said, hey, Max, I completely understand. I would go out if I was you too. By the way, I love the push bleu colors. Like I it? love them. Yeah. Can we exchange a hoodie? And I send you uh, one of your choice and uh, you send me one of those. The, do you want my hoodie with the new picture I took uh, a few minutes ago? Or Oh, yeah. <laughs> You can show the picture with your phone, by the way, if you want. Go. Oh, that's Put your I'm phone going. to the camera. That's what I'm going right now. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Put your phone to the camera. Little there you go. Phone. Right before the I show, there's Tony. I got him. <laughs> eating cottage cheese. <laughs> cottage 1%. I should add 1%. Cottage cheese and uh, Melba toast. All right. <laughs> there's You're my, uh, my uh, pre-show snack. There you have it. All right. Look. You pump. Uh I'm not going to say I'm surprised by this win because they didn't take on the Soviet Union tonight. I, I really don't like the makeup of Washington's team right now uh, without Backstrom, without Kuznetsov, who's uh, enrolled himself in the player assistance program. Our best wishes go out to him. Yep. Um, a Max Pacioretty, who's coming off an Achilles tendon twice in the past couple of years. Uh, who's not the same Max Pacioretty, and Alexander Ovechkin, who scored tonight, but obviously his production has dropped tremendously. So I'm not shocked because I don't like Washington's team all that much, but they did surprise me with their first period. I mean, their first period was amazing. Your yeah, thoughts? It was a, I think it was a great, uh, great effort, great group effort. I think... Uh... Um, it was easy to come in the game tonight and just act like, oh, we traded Monaghan and season is over. We're just going to tank right now. And I actually liked uh, what the leadership group did tonight, like starting with Caulfield, Suzuki, a little later in the game, Slavkowski. Like if that's our first line, that's – I don't want to disrespect anyone, but that's our only line basically. Like that's going to be there when it's time to win the cup <laughs> or make the playoff one day and – it's not about the stats. It's not about the, the goals, but it's about the effort. And I, I like when Caulfield is yeah. that way. And I like when Suzuki is sound defensively and is playing a great game like a leader like he did tonight. That's awesome. That's uh, that's a good news, I think. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're going to get to Caulfield, Suzuki, and Slavkowski, and even Samuel Montembeau, and so many others, by the way, because there was a lot of really good stories yeah. tonight. Yeah. And really, I thought heart and soul performances by some. We're going to get to them. But before we do, so we can get it out of the way, uh, Sean Monahan, unfortunately for him, his Winnipeg Jets uh, um, uh, came out with a defeat in his first game. They were shut out by the Penguins in Pittsburgh. You did not like the fact the Montreal Canadiens traded Sean Monahan. You've been on the Sick Podcast on on a, several occasions. Of course, everyone has a chance to hear you on La Poche Bleue, and they have a chance to to see you on uh, GEC show on TV Aspar. This is a veteran that you appreciate a lot. This is a player that you like a lot. You were willing to sign him up to a contract and extend them. Yep. Uh, and his trade was uh, disappointing for you. Yeah, but at, at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's uh, dramatic right now. Like there's also like that. I feel like in Montreal, we always think there's one one option and that's the only one. And then it's a disaster. It, 
I wanted to keep Monahan. I think he's a great veteran. I think he brings the same thing. You know, like right now we're talking about Savard and we're like, we cannot get rid of him. He's too good for the young guys. For me, it was the role of Monahan as a forward. And I explained myself, it's because of the young wingers. You got Slavkowski, you got, you got Caulfield, probably going to get a, another one at one point. And you need a center. What happens this year is if Suzuki gets hurt until the end of the year? Who is Slav? Who is Caulfield going to play with? You know, like, I, I don't want to disrespect Jake Evans, but this is not how you're going to make your your wingers grow as players. That being said, I think it's a great trade now. We got a first-round pick. It's not necessarily the first-round pick that is great. Is that we have two this year, two next year. And I'm from what I've seen in the past with uh, uh, Kirby Doc and those kind of trades, I think I think we're going to go somewhere. And I, I'm pretty sure that uh, the management is going to go get assets that that being said again they need to be a little older the guys that are coming in they cannot be 18 19 and we cannot wait for draft picks because you know we were saying that monahan is 29 and he's going to be old when it's time to win well it's going to be the case with suzuki and caulfield we think they're so young right now but i don't think they have that much time to wait for picks for three four years they need they need guys that can help in the next two years i hear you i hear you i think part of uh Part of your disappointment, though, is also in the fact that, you know, the Canadians have been unlucky now for several years in a row with several injuries because if Kirby Doc doesn't get injured and Alex Newhook doesn't get injured and Nick Suzuki, we know him, that he's an Ironman. I think he's played something like about 350 straight games here uh, or so. If if um, if those guys don't get injured and you say, okay, you trade Monaghan, who do the young guys play now if Suzuki gets hurt? Well, they can play with Doc or they can play with Newhook in the short term. But because those two guys got hurt this year, yep. um, you know, I understand you thinking the way you're thinking. But at one point, you know, the Canadians are going to have to get lucky here with injuries uh, because they haven't been lucky with them for the last two and a half years. So I think there's that to consider. Are you one of those that holds hope that Monaghan will sign back in the offseason? Uh, no. I think uh, if you look at it, I think he gave us a better chance maybe that is in Winnipeg now. If he was in Vegas or Colorado, I would say no chance is coming back. There's yeah. a little uh, 10% hope, I would say, but it's rare. It happened to what to Placanic a few years ago, but you know, like he loved Montreal. He played there here his whole career. Uh, yeah, doesn't happen hey, often. If he does, good news. If he doesn't, well, it's time to move on. And but my, my thinking right now is, if if we took that decision, why are we going to yeah. keep everyone else, every veteran? Now it's for me, it's a wholesale. Like if you get rid of of Monahan, might as well sell everyone until the end of the year. Is does that include Mike Matheson? Anybody except the obviously the young prospect and Slaff and Caulfield and Suzuki. I don't see who's untouchable in this team. Except the young, the core. Let's say the, the core, the, the Kirby Doc and all these guys. Why? Why? You know, like. Well, okay. So I have an argument. I have an argument. I'm going to tell you yeah. what it is. Um, at the forward position, yeah, there are veterans on this team. They might not be important players, but there are veterans. Um, there's Brendan Gallagher. There's Josh Anderson. There's Yoel Armia. There's uh, Christian Dvorak, and I know he's hurt. Uh, there, there's a couple of veterans, not many of them, okay? But there's a couple. But if I take a look at the blue line, and you have Matheson and you have Savard, who are veterans, but after that, Gooley's young, Struble's young, Harris is young, uh, Jack Eye's young, uh, Barron, who got sent up, he's young. There, there's so many young guys 
that it's probably more important to surround the defense with some older players because most of them are young compared to the forwards? Or, I don't know, maybe it just seems that way? Or, or maybe if you think about it, uh, considering that there's two times as many forwards as there is defensemen, maybe it's the same amount of young players and the same yeah. amount of veteran players. I really haven't you know, put pen I'm, to paper to write it down to think about it. I'm just trying to think, like, at one point, you're going to need to trade some defensemen for forwards. Like, I don't think we're that deep at the forward position. Like, if if you look right now, there's not many guys from Laval that can come up and have a role in the top nine players. Like, at what yeah. one point, we're going to need these guys. And tonight, I and that gets me mad, and you know it, but tonight I look at a yeah. guy like Jackai. Jackai yeah. plays 12 minutes. Like, are, are we not, like, developing our players right now? Is it not, like, a reconstruction? Like, are we not supposed to give ice time and let him make his mistake? You know, most... you know what's happening, Max. Max, you know what's happening. Marty St. Louis is trying to win the game. He's trying to make the playoffs. As much as we think it's not going to happen, that's what he's trying to do, right? So, Jack is the defenseman that he finds the least reliable, very unfortunately. Yeah. And so, it reflects in the ice time that he's given. Matheson, 27 minutes and 8 seconds. Savard, 23-21. Gouli, 22-48. Struble, 17-57. Kovacevic, 14-13. Arbor Jackai, 12-29 or something like that. Yeah. Well, what, what are we doing with him right now? Like, what what are we doing? We have a, one of the rare type of players, and I... I 100% understand what's going on. He's not perfect on the ice. Yeah. Like he, he makes mistakes and all that. But when I watched him tonight and he doesn't give one hit and he doesn't try to do like that that third line over there with uh, McMichael or whatever, the, the guys, they were all over the goalie all night. He's not like you feel like he, he cannot even do anything. What I know what you're saying. Well, I'm going to answer. Look, so I'm going to answer your question by saying part of me understands whether we like it or not. And obviously he probably doesn't. He's the number six on this team right now when he's in the lineup. But I understand what you're saying. You're yeah. saying what my buddy George Larac said about two months ago, that he had this fear that Marty St. Louis has denaturalized Arbor Jackai. And when Jackai yeah. gets recalled from Laval and picks up three penalties in his first two games, and he feels the need, the first thing he does when he goes in Friday morning at practice to go to the coaching staff and say, guys, I'm sorry then unfortunately he probably has been denaturalized and that's that's too bad yeah we, we took uh, we took a ball we sent him to Laval and came back a little sweet rabbit that's what happened it's sad it's sad because you're supposed to work with it still the... commands respect though Max you know the Canadians were up by three goals several occasions tonight I didn't see Tom Wilson going after anybody Exactly, he didn't go after anyone, but I think Jackai is a better hockey player than just a tough guy. I think, like, I hear so many things, like, oh, we should try him on the fourth line on the wing, oh, we should send him back to Laval. What about we just let him play? L look what happened with Slavkovsky. You got the perfect, perfect, and it's not the same type of player. Obviously, you get a first overall in a guy that was on a trial, but let him play 20 minutes, see what he's got, see if he can get his confidence back. And then, if it doesn't work after five, ten games, just... Send him back to Laval, I don't care, but give him a fair chance. Like, why are we playing Kovacevic more than him? Kovacevic does great stuff for the team, but where is Kovacevic going to be in two, three years? He's not going to be here. He's not going to play with all the defensemen coming here. Not a chance. Are you worried 
I know you'd like to keep Barber Jack I here for a very long time because, like you just said, he's unique in his uh, in his skill set, what he has, and his and his DNA and his identity. He's unique. Yeah. They don't value him right now as much as somebody like you does, as much as somebody like my buddy George Larac does. George is convinced that Arbor is going to end up being moved. Do you feel the same way? And honestly, I'm I don't know anymore because it, it went so fast in in this case. Like we, we he became like the sheriff of Montreal, and everybody loved yeah. him. And then everybody, every teammate and the coaching staff looked like they were like finally we have a player like that in Montreal. Then send him to Laval. <laughs> yeah. like, But when you hear when you hear Marty say on veut faire des vedettes sur la glace et pas en dehors de la glace. Yeah. Do you think there's a subtle message there at all that Jack Eye's popularity off the ice was somewhat of a distraction or a bother to some of the Canadians staff? I don't know. I don't Whatsoever. know. For, for sure, like people don't like that when a, a player that doesn't have a major role in a organization take that much space. That that's for sure. Like uh, any team in the league. Okay. So that being said, I think they need to realize that he's 22 years old. Like I feel like he's he's getting the treatment of a veteran player that just came in a team and we're like he's a 32 years old and we don't we don't need him that much. Like we we've been talking about development the whole season. Where, what about him? He went to Laval. He came here, took a penalty, got LT scratch the next game. Then he came back in the lineup, took two penalties, had to go say I'm sorry to Marty St. Louis before practice. Uh huh. I, I, I don't, I really don't like where it is going. Is and it, I'm not, I'm it, not it, saying he's Paul Coffey here. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I hear you. But is it possible that they're not putting the same onus on his development because they probably think that he's got a very limited skill set and a very limited ceiling? Well, that's not, but maybe, but that's not what I'm seeing. And I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Yeah. If he, if he was a first rounder, how, how many minutes would he have played tonight? Right. He would have played. Uh, he would yeah. have played uh, 20 minutes. He would have played 20 minutes because he's a big guy hitting. He's got a good shot, like he did again tonight, hitting the post. That's yeah. That's, that's the business, man. He doesn't have that tag of a first rounder that's going to get the chance to get the, all the chance in the world. And you know what I'm scared of is yeah. one day he's going to play for Philadelphia or Boston and he's going to be like hitting everyone, fighting everyone, blocking shots, being unreal on the PK, great at doing a first pass with a good shot. And, and, he'll, and, you know, and he'll be a rock star in any one of those cities, by the you, way. You know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of uh, François Beauchemin. Remember? He came to the camp. Yeah, of course. Nobody knew him. Came to the camp, got rid of him. He was a tough guy, same thing. Went to yeah, Anaheim. Ma like, Max, you know, like, Francois Bosch, Ma Max, Francois Bochman was a heck of a defenseman. He can play 25 minutes a game. I know, I know, but not at You're the beginning. You're talking about a workhorse here. Yes, but not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. You're right. You're right. Not at the beginning. Yeah. I hear you. Well, that's. Uh, I understand you're, you're not exactly comparing the two. You're comparing situations, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, that's quite a. Okay. Let's talk about Suzuki. Let's let's bring up the lineup first, if we can, actually. Let's bring up the lineup for the Canadians. All right. Uh, Suzuki in between Slavkovsky on his right, Caulfield on his left. Gignac with Anderson on his right, Armia on his left. Evans with Yelonen on his right, Pearson on his left. Kondara with 
RHP on his right, Pazet on his left, Matheson, Gouli, Struble, Savard, Jackai Kovacevic, and of course Samuel Montaboka at the starting goal. Let's keep this up, the lineup, if we can, for just a minute here. Bra um, uh, Gignac, 14 minutes and 54 seconds. I thought he played with heart. I thought he played with energy. I thought he played with uh, aggressiveness and a relentlessness I, without doing anything special. I liked what he brought to the team tonight. I like his speed. And if you look at the lineup right now, that's what we're doing on the forecheck, eh? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need guys that can forecheck, that can backcheck with speed. And every time they make a mistake, they can recover, you know? And I watched this game. That's his second game in the NHL tonight and first one in a long, long time. I think uh -huh. he's going. I think he's going after Evans' job if they give him a chance. Do you see a little bit of uh, you in him? Yeah, yeah. The, he's a guy with speed. I think he's obviously not the a first line type of player, but he's got the skills to be like a a guy with a lot of skills on the third or fourth line. I think he's yeah. uh, he's uh, you can trust him defensively, obviously. Yeah. And I think for me. For me, that's one of the biggest weaknesses of the Montreal Canadian. It's been for a few years now. Is the speed? We need speed. Like you look, look, you look up front. Slav, Suzuki, Caulfield—they're great players. They're agile on the ice. They can turn, twist, and turn. But if you talk about pure speed on a straight line, we don't have that in the lineup. Look at Armia, Pearson, Evans, Hillenden. You know, like we we don't yeah. have that. We need speed. That's the new. NHL. Anderson has it. Anderson has it. Yeah. New hook yeah. has it. Yes. So yeah. when we when we have them in the lineup, but you need speed, Tony, especially on the on, yeah. on, on your fourth line, on your third line. If you're gonna be able to play against the best players in the league, you need speed. You have no choice. Condada to to a lesser degree than Gignac, I thought played a good game as well. 1034 for him. He was a plus one. I, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, Mike Pizzetta, you know, scores a big goal in this hockey game for the Canadians. We'll get to that in just a minute. So why don't we do? Why don't we get to the score sheet? We don't even have to look at Washington's lineup. I don't even think it's important. Let's get to the score sheet right away. All right. Okay. At the 6:42 mark, Caulfield with a beautiful pass, cross ice pass to Suzuki. Fantastic. And I don't even know what was nicer, Suzuki's shot or Caulfield's pass. They were both equally nice because Suzuki puts it up and over Charlie Lindgren. Beautiful. The second goal comes, what is it, 57 seconds later. This yeah. is the Jack Eye shot that you were talking about. He has an ability to get, a, to get his shot on net and to release his shot very quickly. Sometimes a wrist shot, boom, just gets it on net, goes off the post. The rebound comes out to uh, Suzuki, boom, he jumps on it, 2 nothing for the Canadians. And then five and a half minutes after that, uh, Raphael RV-Pinard, I think it was Van Riemsdyk who tripped in the corner. A loose puck went to RHP, who got it to Pizzetta, and Pizzetta with a quick wrist shot, um, far side, beats Charlie Lindgren. And that was the end of Lingrid's night. By the way, Lingrid's having been having a really good season, yeah. playing really well, and the Canadians chased them out of his net by scoring three goals in a span of, uh, what was it, six and a half minutes, not even. Yeah, well, that, that's good for the kid. Uh, he, since he went in Washington, he's a pretty good goaltender. But that being said, uh, to come back to the... Yeah. Uh, there's one point that's interesting here is... Um, Tell me. I don't want to talk about Washington, but I was a little happy that 
uh, OV scored a goal tonight. You know what? Because I feel it's Why? sad. It's sad to see him on the ice right now, surrounded by all those players. You know, like I felt bad for him. I felt bad for Patch. You know, like guys, look, yeah. they, they look slow. They look banged up, and they were such good players. And I, I, I don't I, feel I, bad. And so, sorry, you want to know why? What? Because this is a team, the Washington Capitals, yeah. that went through a certain rebuild to draft Ovechkin at one, yeah. to draft Backstrom at four. They had their run. Yeah. They won their cup. Their cycle is over. Unlike Pittsburgh, oh. they didn't keep it going by keep on trading, whatever. Their cycle's over. And yeah. with Backstrom and, and Kuznetsov, so not that I don't feel bad for them. Hear me. Is that, you know, they had their time, right? Yeah, and yeah. Now, but I, I, I don't care about the team. I care about Ovechkin. Yeah. I, want, I want him to be the record, you know? Like, I think he's a... Yeah. I, I, and I don't think he's going to accomplish that in Washington. And I, I just went, like, during the I game, agree I was, with you on that. I was looking at uh, Wayne Gretzky, you know, that's the, the record he's going after. Wayne, that, yeah. you know, he changed team. And at the end of his career, he wasn't scoring 50 goals a year. It was 25, you know, like 20, 19. Yeah. And he was surrendered but by good young kids, you know, like whatever it's uh, Graves, Kovalev, like all those young players yeah. with the Rangers, like not maybe not that young. But, you know, you, you need – he's a shooter. He needs a passer. And right now he needs to go – He's not going to be the record if he stays in Washington. That's that's what I want to say. You know what? That was exactly uh, my point earlier this evening on TVS Paul. JC asked me, is he going to beat the record? And I said, not in Washington. And he said, is he going to beat the record? And I said, well, not in Washington because he's not playing with anybody anymore. He has to go somewhere else or he's going to get someone to feed him the puck yeah. surrounded by a better team where he could be like a complimentary player and not like have all the onus on him. Because yeah. right now you just put two guys on over. There's no one else who can hurt you on that team. No, no, it's terrible. <laughs> and this is where... Really Actually, let's bring up their lineup. Let's bring it up. Yeah. I said, you know yeah. what? So people can see it watching on YouTube live, Facebook live, and Twitter live. Dylan Strom with Tom Wilson and Ovechkin. Uh, Dylan Strom did give him a nice pass in the game. But Connor McMichael after that with TJ Oshie and Pacioretty. Is Garbosa yeah. with Manta and Prota. Doubt. By the way, I like Nick Doubt as a fourth-line centerman. Yeah. With the Nicola Abe-Kubel and Melanson and Sandine Carlson. Uh, February, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Joel Edmondson, Nick Jensen, and Charlie Lindgren. I mean, that's a bad team, man. That's yeah, a man. bad team. This is when you realize that Backstrom and Kuznetsov are very good centers. You know, like Ovi, obviously, yeah. obviously he scored yeah. the goal himself, but still had somebody to feed him the puck and some some yeah. pretty pretty good players. Anyway, okay, yeah. so Ovechkin scores after in period number two uh, on on a, a real good pass from uh, from Dylan Strom. And um, and I I thought Savard was sleeping on that one, but he, re he redeemed himself later on on a. Washington power play. Yep. Uh, Motambo was down and out, and the puck goes right to Max Pacioretty, and Savard blocks it, a huge block. In the third period, Slavkowski with a quick mm -hmm. wrist shot on a pass by um, um, uh, Matheson, yep. and then uh, Sandine gets, an, uh, gets a goal for the Washington Capitals, and Slavkowski with his second of the game yep. on the power play, on a uh, on a um, a pass from um, Suzuki and Matheson, uh, that one there, 
he let it actually the first one was on a pass from Evans. The second one was on a pass from Matheson, I think. But the one, uh, the second one on the pass from Matheson, he just let it rip. Eh? He let it rip. We've been wondering about his ability to shoot the puck. Uh, Grant McKeag's been telling us he's got a pretty good shot. He's got a better shot than you think. On that second goal, he shot the puck pretty well, Max. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody talks to me about Logan Cooley, right? And I haven't heard. Uh, no, we're not talking in, about Logan yeah. Cooley right now. No, no. Yeah, but it's been two months. I don't hear about him, right? Because everybody no, was. No, it's every, it. Everybody was talking to me about Logan Cooley and Shane Wright. Sorry, man. You don't get picked first overall. It's not a. It's not a. It's not about luck. You got about 50 people yeah. watching every game all around the world. If you're picked first overall, there's a reason why. And I'm so happy that they were patient with him. And Marty St. Louis gave him confidence and work with him. That's that's the result. And tonight we have the perfect yeah. example in our team. And I'm not saying it's always like that. But it's not because you send a guy in the minors that he comes up and he's better. And you look at Jack Eye, you look at Slavkowski, you got two different ways to manage a young player. Yeah. And guess who's doing well right now? Slavkowski. Patience. You're rebuilding. You're right. Patience. Give him the chance. Mind you, you know that Logan Cooley's got three more points in two less games. Yeah. Well. But so, but Slavkowski's playing very well, so it doesn't matter. You understand? But yeah. Slavkowski's playing very well. Slavkowski's playing very well. Like, yeah. there's no complaints, you know? Yeah. And <clears> it's <throat> not about the points. It's about the way he behaves on the ice. He's good with his stick. He's good defensively. He does, he's not scared to try to block shots. He's good on the forecheck. He's a big body. Protects the He's puck. got the head up. He's not getting rocked. I and a lot of people won't like what I'm saying right now. Say I it. Think, I think he's more guaranteed to be a first liner in the NHL than Suzuki and Caulfield when we're gonna have a team that's gonna be ready to win. I'm okay with that. You okay with I, that? I I think I, I yeah I I can see where you're coming from. He's a first pick overall. Neither of them are. One's a 13. One's a 15. He's big. He's strong. He plays a two foot, a uh, two hundred foot game already as a winger. Not a lot of wingers do. Uh, his confidence is growing every game. Uh, his shot is evolving. His passing is evolving. His skating is a, when he skates, he, he he eats up the ice. I can hear the ice grunt like he gamer. eats it up. And the yeah, I cannot, I cannot wait. I know one day it's going to happen and I'm sitting here watching a playoff game in the second or third round of the playoffs and we're all going to be, wow, this guy is a monster. This guy is hitting. He's f probably going to fight at one point. The other day when he fought in Buffalo, he loved it. He was cut in the face and he was dying laughing like, wow, that's that's a fun feeling. So he's not scared of that. This kid's got character and I he's going to be a leader as well. And I think I heard he's a great teammate, always laughing, always great yeah. with the jackpot. Yeah, he got punched in the face and he was bleeding and he was laughing. It's fun. Yeah, no, it's not fun for me, but hey, if it's fun for him. <laughs> no, but listen, uh he it was it was fun to watch tonight to see him smile like that. He was having fun. He was feeling it and uh, uh that that's a big time game for him. I mean, there's there's what a couple, just over 30 games left in the season. I like the answer that he gave to the other day, right? He was he was he was uh, he was talking about uh, what was it? He was talking about Monan, and he said, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna miss him, but yeah. you know, you know, we're there's sure. over thirty games to go here, and we want to make the playoffs." And you know, wh what was it? I think it was um, someone asked him, "You're gonna be playing?" Uh, was it him that said that? Some I think it was him that answered, 
went to the question. Somebody said, uh, you're going to be playing Washington, and, and they still feel that they can make the playoffs. And I think it was him who said, well, we still feel we can make the playoffs too. I think it was him. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, if it wasn't him, let's just say it was him. That's a good news because it's okay for for people, you and I, and the rest of people to say they're not going to make the playoff. Inside, inside the dressing room, though, that's not allowed. Like, if you have one guy saying we're done, he doesn't belong in the in this team in the future. Like, you're... Yeah. Even Chicago right now, in their head, they should think, like, we're going to make a magical comeback and make the playoffs. That's, that's the attitude you're supposed to have in pro hockey. Hey, Montreal outshot 38-26. It's not like Washington played a great game. Uh, but they did start and poured on in the last two periods. They had 16 shots in the second, 17 shots in the third. Montembeau, man, at one point he made he made a couple of saves that were unbelievable. Yep. Uh, what was it? The one in close off of Dylan Strom. I, I think it was it was an amazing save. Montembeau is looking really good, man. Yeah, really And good. You know what? I I cannot stop thinking about a comment that uh, Marty Brodeur did on our podcast a few weeks ago. And he was saying, like, basically... That was a great one, by the way. That was a great one. Yeah. He, he said he said it doesn't exist anymore, those first goalie, like Price or Fleury, that they just stop everything. He said every goalie right now is basically the same. And I feel like Montembeau fits that type of goalie, like Hill in Vegas, you know, the big goalies that are making the key save. And they're may maybe not that spectacular, like Price or Vasilevsky were. I think he's right up there with with one of the goalies in the league that is is going the right direction and getting better every year. Like I cannot wait to see how how good he's going to be next year and the year after. Because let's not forget, like it it's it's the first year he's really a first goal, goaltender and he's got the right amount of ice time to to evolve as a as a goaltender. And I I I still we're talking about Bradar, but I can talk about Luongo when he came here, Montabo, and we picked him up. I texted him and he said, "Great skills. Like this guy is unreal. He's a good goal, good goaltender. We just have no room for him, and he, he's showing that right now lately." So, one of the first comments you made earlier this evening was, "With all due respect to all the forwards on the team, out of the guys that played tonight, when this team is going to be a cup contender, only Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky are going to be there. When this team is going to be a cup contender, Samuel Montembeau going to be there?" That that's gonna depend on what what's happening in the next two years in in his career. Like if he keeps getting better every year, he's he's making a solid case for himself. But we all know we got that kid. I think it's Fowler and yeah, NCAA. Fowler. Yeah. Like I I heard the, our friend the Whitney from uh, Spinning Chicken. Ryan State. Whitney. Yeah. He said yeah I think he exaggerated he's, a little bit. Eh? He said he's the, the best goalie since Dominic Ashek. So. <laughs> You know, he said he said that he's unbelievable. He went to see him play versus BU, and he said he's Patrick Roy, Carey Price, Dominic Asik, and Marty Berdur all in one. Well, I'm willing to bet that he's not. <laughs> Patrick Roy, Carey Price, Marty Berdur, Dominic Asik all in one. If that's the case, he's going to be the best all time. We're going to have a lot of fun in Montreal in a few years. He'll be the I think But you never uh, know. I, look, you I, never I know, know you said. I, I know you said we'll see the next couple of years for Montembeau. But based on what you had said before that, yeah, you believe in him, man. Eh? You think he could 
I think it's been solid. He's got a a winning record this year, right? If if I'm right. Hey, listen, I, I, off the top of my head, I think he only had one bad game all season, the one in Boston. Yeah, exactly. Like, like every other game, like if they if he got, it's not because uh, there were a couple of, but it's not because well, they lost because of him. I mean, he plays for a very very average team. Yeah, if you if like for me, it's easy to to compare, let's say, to Vegas when they won the cup, right? Who would yeah. have said that Hill would would have been the the number one starter and just stop every single puck? You know, like they had five great goalies. They were talking about Thompson, who's the the next future best goaltender in the league, while he was yeah hurt or sitting on the bench. And now Hill in the, is number one, and he's he's having another great season. So I feel like goalies, you need to give them time. Normally, like they're starting to be dominant in the NHL when they're 27, 28. So that's right on target for Montembeau. So my buddy Mario texted me before the uh, right after the game. I have to read this one to you. You're going to like it. You're going to love this one. Hold on a second. I'm ready. Wow, quel match avec cette attitude et cette belle cohésion d'équipe. Le CH va se tailler un place en série cette année et surprendre tout le monde. On joue pour 500 et on est à seulement 8 points des Red Wings et des Leafs. Ça c'est joué pour gagner. So I wrote back. Feront pas les séries, Mario, mais j'aime ton optimisme. En passant, les caps sont pourris. So I said, I um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, Mario, but I love the fact that you're pretty optimistic about it. And I said, and I think the Washington Capitals are uh, are awful. And he says, uh, his slogan is, on a tous un rêve. We all have a dream. So my question to you is, let me take a look at the standings. We know that before the All-Star game, no the challenge. Canadians had played 49 games. They had 48 points. To make the playoffs, you need to pick up about 96 points, I would say. Correct? About 96 points. Yeah. Right now, the Red yeah. Wings in Toronto, like Mario said, are at 58 points in the first and second wild card spot. The Islanders have 54, the Penguins have 53, the Devils have 53, the Capitals 51, the Canadians 50. So the Canadians are eight points behind the Red Wings and the Leafs. Mind you, the Leafs have two games in hand on the Canadians. Any chance whatsoever, in your opinion? Well, listen, there's always a chance in hockey, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Just, just the fact that there's too many teams fighting for me. They're fighting for one spot. I don't see all the Leafs are going to lose that until the end of the year. I think Detroit is going to get better. Detroit is is six two and two the last ten games. Kane is getting in season shape now. They add injuries. They add suspensions. I think the Islanders are going to do better with Patrick as a coach. I think they're they're coming together right now. They they won last night. Pittsburgh, you know what? Pittsburgh won two in a row. They're playing better. And New Jersey, I don't think they should be there. New Jersey should be a playoff team. They've been, they had a really tough start. No, they're not going to, they might pass Washington. I don't think they're yeah. going to do better than that. All right. What is, um, what does Tanner Pearson bring to the table? I don't know. <laughs> Took hey, a couple hey, of penalties hey, tonight. You know and I, to be fair to I him, saw him on the power play there. He gave me heartburn. He had a great start. He had a great start to the, the yes. season. He had a few yes, good goals, like good shots. I wonder if a yeah. team, if he gets better 
in the next few weeks. I, I wonder if a team would, wouldn't try to sign him, yeah, to to trade for him. You know, he's not going to be expensive. He's a guy that won the Stanley Cup. I think he's a good guy to have on the fourth line in a winning team. If he gets in game shape right now, he doesn't look in game shape to me. I think he doesn't look like the player he was in the at the beginning of the year. But why not? You know, why not? We we're talking about trading assets. Why not get another pick for him for a team that that wants this type of player? Yeah, I, I wonder I though. Like, I wonder though if um, tomorrow morning he's got to go in and he's got to say sorry for the penalties I took, and I wonder if he's going to play the next game. Well, the sheriff wouldn't play, right? The sheriff did not play after he took those penalties. No, yeah. on that Saturday night he didn't play. Speaking of not playing, Jordan Harris. Yeah. Uh... You know what? It's, it's doesn't getting... have it doesn't have an X factor. Good player. What's his X factor? Is he a big physical? Is he a big guy? No. Is he a hard hitting guy? No. Is he a physical guy? No. Is he an, a great offensive defense? No. Is he a great defensive defenseman? No. Is he a smart player? Yeah. Maybe that's his X factor, but it it's not going to be enough for a team that has too many defensemen and a lot of young ones. Just being a smart defenseman without it, it won't be enough. Yeah, well, it depends, Tony, because there's so many factors coming in play in a few years. First of all, there's the salary cap, and you're going to need these type of guys that are just stable and they don't make mistake on the ice and they won't cost that much money because you won't His be able to. It's uh, Struble. He's got more upside. Like he's he's gonna he's gonna be important if he keeps going that way. Like he's solid. He's physical. He's smart. He's good first pass. He's a good yeah, skater. I, I like, love Struble. I love hey, Struble. So you're gonna you're gonna need those type of defensemen like Jack yeah. I or Iris that are not gonna be that expensive. Because when you start, when Caden Goulet signs here his extension, that's gonna be an expensive one, right? It's you would have to think it's gonna be an eight year deal. Yeah, it's the be way Suzuki signed an eight-year deal, and the way Caulfield yeah. signed an eight-year deal, you'd have to think Caden Gooley is going to be signed to an eight-year contract extension. Fun, fun fact here, and I know like everybody's got a different opinion, but I really trust is as a defenseman. Chris Letang told me that of all the guys, you know, you remember last year he skated skated with the Canadians during the summer. Yes, yes, and, and he says when he plays against Montreal, when he skated with those guys in Montreal. The guy that reminds him the most of himself is Harris. Whoa! So Harris. Yeah, you know that, that that's confusing because we have our way to analyze, but as a future Hall of Famer, and he says he reminds me of me when I was young, Chris Letang. Obviously, I don't see Harris making that many points and all that, but if he sees something in him as a skater and what am I going to tell Chris Latang? No, you're you're wrong. No, no, buddy. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I, well, I would say you, you you really think so. Like Jordan Harris can't quarterback a power play. I mean, well, Christopher yeah, Latang. I'm not, I'm not saying goals. that. I, I want to make sure you know that Chris said that. Yes, but yeah, I understand that. Probably see something we're not seeing, like the skating ability and the vision and the hockey IQ. Like when you think about it, Harris, I don't see him as a top two, but he's. I think he's a good skater. I think he's a smart D. I think he makes he's still a young guy. Let's give him give him time. You know why why let why not give him time? That's that's why I'm saying that guys like Madison and Savard they're 
probably the best players in, on the team on D right now, but are they going to be here in three years? You know, like I see Madison that I love. He no, skates. they will not. They no, will but, not. But, you know, like he skates like the wind. He's unreal. He's got points. Yeah. I'm so happy. He's, yeah. he's in his hometown. He's, but is he going to be here? And he's playing 28 look, minutes look, a night. I don't think so. So I think that David Savard will be moved next year before the deadline. And I believe that Michael Matheson will be moved the year after that, before the deadline. Having said that, Pierre Maguire has joined us from time to time on the SICK podcast. And he's got an interesting opinion on Mike Matheson. <clears throat> because I asked him if he would trade Monaghan. He said yes. And they did. And then I asked him if he would trade Matheson. <clears throat> and he said no. And then he said, Mike Matheson is a guy from here who wasn't drafted by the Canadians, obviously was drafted by Florida, was moved to Pittsburgh, had his ups and downs with Florida, had his ups and downs with Pittsburgh. He gets traded to the Canadians. He starts playing some of the best hockey of his career. And if you keep him here for the rest of his career, yeah. this will be a great selling point that Matheson could talk to other players around the league and say, hey, Montreal's all not all that bad. It was amazing for me in my career. And he believes it's one of those guys also because being a local guy that it's just it would be right for him yeah. to stay here. It's an interesting opinion. Well, um, I, lo I, lo in I, lo I love Madison Tooney. Like, I think he's a great league. He fits right there with defensemen in 2024, the way the, the game is played. What I'm saying is right now he's used as an offensive defenseman. What is let's say we keep him and everything goes like it's supposed to go with Mayu and Hudson. What's his role then? He's going to be a shutdown defenseman on the third pair. Eventually, he's going to have to. Well, as he gets older and those guys start coming, but by the time those guys arrive, Max, yeah. and they're able to eat up a lot of minutes, we're talking at least three years, Max. So let's just say they arrive next year. Yeah. Two no, years. You got to be patient with him. He's he probably he's probably not going to be here when it's time to win. But well, at the end of the day, there's no rush. You know, like yeah. I think he's he's doing a great job for us. But for me, like everything has a price in life, and if if you get the phone call and there's a great great offer on the table, it's going to hurt. But sometimes it's going to hurt. To go get good players, you know? So let me ask you, why do you want to see Ovechkin break Gretzky's record? Why? Yeah. I'm curious. Well, it's, fun. it's fun to see that. Like a guy that's shooting the puck. It's fun to see guys break records, yeah. Yeah. Like Gretzky I, was our Gretzky was he was our guy growing up, you know. He was the great one. I don't know. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't but, I it's wouldn't cry if Alexander Ovechkin does not beat Wayne Gretzky's record. After I know it sounds bad because even Gretzky himself says he'd love to see Ovechkin break his record. Look, I think if Ovechkin doesn't break the record, I think he's still the greatest goal scorer that we've ever seen. He's going to break the um, record. You know, I, I, I actually think Mary Lemieux was a greater goal scorer than Wayne Gretzky, but Gretzky had the longevity, played as long as he did, was able so, but... Even if he doesn't break Gretzky's record, I think considering the speed of the game now and the quality of the goalies, uh, and 
I, I think Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer of all time. But I agree with you on one thing. Unless the Washington Capitals are willing to keep Alexander Ovechkin until he's like 50 years old, and even if he plays five minutes a game on, only on the power play, unless that's not going to happen, he's going to have to get traded to another team or else he won't beat it. Or they, they need to I get mean, a, a couple, center. Or they need to get a center. Even his shot, though, eh? Why, why he was, he was, they put him at the point a lot tonight. He had nothing on that shot on the point. He's got to go back to the, uh, back to the faceoff circle. Like he can't, he won't score goals from the point. I mean, that puck was fluttering a lot. By the way, he look. he's, he's an old 38 though. Eh? There's some guys that are 38 going on 35. Hey. He's 38 going on 41. I know, but have you ever seen a guy playing that many minutes and hitting people and shooting the puck? Like, uh, he's, he's a freak no, of nature. Like, no, but like when when they won the Stanley Cup, like he was hitting like ten guys every night. You know, he's like, uh, like he's, he's playing twenty five minutes. No, that it's that, unbelievable. I knew he was gonna break at one point, but I wasn't expecting it right now. Like I thought you had one or two more years. Like, yeah, I, I did too. It's because you know he just he got old in twenty four hours. <laughs> you know, it just boom. It was, and what happened here? All right, okay. Is there anything that we haven't touched on? That uh, one last word you'd like to get in here before we uh, we call it a night? Let me check uh, the lineup. I don't. You know, I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Why well, we talk about Struble, right? Struble. I love Struble. I thought he played great tonight again. He's a sound defenseman. He's smart. I thought he I thought he played really good, Struble, man. I thought he played really good. Hey, Armia, Armia played 19.32 tonight. Yeah. Showcased. So, that, I don't know. Did he show anything? No, no. But, I mean, there's no other way to explain it. I mean, why would you play Yol Armia for 19 minutes and 32 seconds? Yeah. I mean, how else can you explain that? I don't know. Did you see Anderson tonight? Invisible. Seriously, you played 15 minutes. Like, is do you think it's Invisible. normal? Invisible, Josh Anderson tonight. Invisible. I didn't even know he played. You see that that that's the thing we need to stop in Montreal is always be so happy when a guy plays one good game every two weeks and just remember that part. We need to start wanting some players that are showing up every night. You know, it doesn't matter if you score or not, but You need to look at the game sheet and say, oh, yeah, he played a good game. Even if he did nothing, he, he hits, he blocks shot, he does something, you know? You know, well, look, you know, the guys that they brought in, they're not the biggest guys. They're not the strongest guys. But, you know, tonight with with uh, Kondara and Gignac and Pozzetta and RHP, I saw some tenacity. Yeah. I saw some tenacity. I saw... I saw gamers out there. They, you know, like we we know it's it, it's limited. We get it, but you know what? They, they they haven't had an identity of those kinds of players in a long time. Yes, they could still be bigger. Yes, they could still be stronger. And yes, maybe they. But there was something there. This is a team that they're going to work. They're going to work between now and the end of the season. They're going to work. Yeah, like I, I'm glad the Gignac got called up. This kid he deserves it. This kid. 
Of course. And you know what? In Montreal, people, the fans, they know hockey. And you see the difference when these guys are on the ice. They work hard. So why is it not the case for veterans on the team that you, you look at and you just... We all think about it. We're like, okay, well, he had a bad game tonight. He's not showing up. Why are we keeping these guys? We've been talking about changing the culture and starting winning and making the playoffs. That Because the whole league knows what they're about, Max. Who's going to take them? Who's going to take Josh Anderson with no. four years left at 5.5? I know, but my point is we got to stop yeah. just taking players to take players. We need character. We need hard workers. And we cannot tolerate in our organization to take guys that show up when they decide to. We, we, and we, we, you, everybody thinks you need superstars all the time to win, but you also need players that show up to 82 games a year and that the coach can look at and say, he's going to do the job tonight even if he doesn't score. We don't have that. We have too many passengers. And I got enough of overprotecting those players that, you know, like we do the same thing with Armia. He's going to score a hat-trick next week. We're going to say, oh, he's, he's good. And then you don't see him for two months. We don't need that on our yeah. team. That's you know, Pierre Maguire uh, brought up a name a couple of weeks ago on the program. And um, here's a guy who is a, um, uh, you know, he's a fourth-line player and he doesn't put up big numbers. Um, third line, probably actually third line player doesn't put up big numbers, but I love this guy, Brandon Duhame of the Minnesota wild. Yeah, that hard. guy there is a big time. He's a big time worker, former fourth round draft pick. Uh, he's, he, he does not put up big numbers, but he's a heart and soul guy. He goes into the corners. He can play either wing works really hard. I like him a lot. Hey, um, I want to get to my accent insurance, um, moment of the game or we'll call it a turning point of the game i have a couple but would you agree with this a big time turning point in this hockey game was the way the canadians started and nick suzuki picking up two goals in a 57 second span or even you know the canadians scoring three goals in six and a half minutes and charlie lingering gets chased because at that point it didn't matter how washington was playing they weren't going to come back and beat the canadians after they were up three nothing you see like right? We we're gonna talk about Suzuki's goals as a turning point, but I'm gonna say it started with a Slavkovsky back check, and then they turned the puck over, and that was a goal for Suzuki. So for me, that's You're exactly right. that's exactly the type of hockey we need in Montreal. He is part of the Uri Slavkovsky fan club. Uh, Grant <laughs> McCag is the president. He is the vice president. He's Max Lapierre of La Poche Bleue, which goes tomorrow night. Correct? Yes, exactly. What do you have planned on La Poche Bleue demain soir? Uh, we have a little uh, comedian, uh, Arnaud Soli, coming tomorrow. A very funny guy. People love him in Quebec. So sometimes we, we don't just talk about hockey. We like to have fun as well. 8 p.m. on YouTube? Exactly, 8 p.m. on YouTube. And Facebook of La Poche Bleue. We'll Everywhere. be watching, Max. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, buddy. Merci beaucoup. I love this guy. Maxime Lapierre of La Poche Bleue and of TVA Sport. Once again, the Accent Insurance Solution uh, moment of the game. Let's get to it. Accent Insurance moment of the game. There's two of them that stand out for me. Nick Suzuki scoring two goals in the 57-second span to give the Montreal Canadiens a 2-0 lead just seven minutes into the hockey game. That's one, if not the other, is um, 
Mike Pizzetta making it 3 nothing. Canadians scored three goals in a span of six and a half minutes and chased Charlie Lindgren from his goal. At that point, there was no coming back. At 2 nothing, the Capitals weren't coming back. At 3 nothing, they definitely were not coming back. And that's it. And that's your hockey game. The Montreal Canadiens win by a score of 5-2. to two. The Canadians, of course, will uh, be off. They're going to travel back to Montreal. And they're not going to play until... This weekend, and on the weekend, of course, it will be the Super Bowl matinees. On Saturday, the Canadians host the Dallas Stars at 1 p.m., and on Sunday, the Canadians host the St. Louis Blues at 1 p.m. I want to thank all of you, my sick army, my sick community, everyone on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live for being there tonight. All your uh, comments, all your engagement, all your enthusiasm. I love you all. Merci beaucoup. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana, and Master Control, who are in Vegas, I will be back tomorrow, and my guest tomorrow on the SICK Podcast will be Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. Thanks for watching. They're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.